I have these sections where I literally have parentheses and it's like, think of something clever, you dumb bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And that's in my first draft. When I say my first draft is a garbage pile, I mean it's a garbage pile. Hey guys, this is Kelly. And this is Rocky. And this is Not Writing Advice. And other bookish things. So this episode, we'll be talking about revisions. What do you prefer? Do you prefer drafting or revising? I prefer drafting. If I could never revise another thing in my entire life, I would die happy. Yes. What? No. No. I can come up with the ideas. I can come up with like the plot. I can do all of that. But going back in is just like so daunting and so overwhelming for me. That's so crazy because I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. I I know there's people who love it, but I just... do love it because I hate like I hate draft like I despise drafting. I'm like, this is all Why? So stupid. I don't because I'm writing, I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. All of this is so stupid. <laughs> it's trashed. <laughs> yes, it is. Then when I go back, I'm like, okay, it's not actually that bad. But now I get to make it better. But okay. I say I like revising, but now that I'm on round like six, I hate this book right now. (laughs) That's the thing that nobody tells you about writing a book is that you have to read it like 50 times. And by the end of it, you hate it. You hate yourself. You hate your book. You like, it becomes a chore for sure. Definitely. And I think I was trying to avoid reading my book so many times that Mm -hmm. when I sent my first couple of chapters to Melanie Schubert, who has been amazing helping me with my query submission materials and everything but she read it and she was like there's a lot of exposition here and I think I sent it to you too so so nice and but the way that I mean she's obviously very nice in the way that she delivers stuff but then it was like no she's wrong (laughs) I like had to sit with it for like three days and then I went back and I read it and I was like holy shit I don't think I've actually sat down and read it line by line. I think I like was just skimming over it and like, I know what mm-hmm. happens. Because you know the information already. Yeah. And it's hard to see it with unbiased eyes. I had the same thing. And then you sent me your first chapter and I, and I think I said something about, but the only reason I was able to point it out is because I had things pointed out to me by agents. They were like, there's too much words. <laughs> There are too many words. Which is so crazy to me because I was thinking about that while I was listening to uh, This Woven Kingdom and how much Mm. exposition was in it. Yes. Yes. You know what? I think when you are already a published author, and it's the same thing with um, Victoria Aveyard. She wrote Realmbreaker. Well, she wrote the Red Queen series, which is huge. But Realmbreaker, there's so much detail and so much exposition and it's daunting but I loved them but I thought I had the same thought I was like this is a 800 page book did somebody tell her (laughs) and you don't even get to the good stuff until like 75% of the way through okay this woven kingdom was a five-star read for me so thank you to Hera Mafi for that gem of a book um yeah it was great I'm I'm on the wait list with my library for the next one. Oh yeah, I already have it coming from my special edition book box. So 
I'm excited. I am, I'm just not a fan of going back in. I feel like once I get my ideas out on paper, I just want to be done and move on to my next ideas. But this is how I am in real life too. I like to like start a DIY project and get like 90% of the way through. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I get bored. I have to move on. My attention span is like this big. Um, not very big at all. You can't see me, but I'm holding up very small fingers. <laughs> I, I like to get my first draft on paper. And then, you know, I want to ask you this too, because there's so many different ways to do this. I am the type of person who gets my first draft on paper at any cost. So I just like BS it basically. Like it's, it's garbage by the end of it, but I just have to get it all down on paper so that it's done. Um, and then, and then I can go back in and, you know, make it readable, but I know some people. Yeah. I think that's great though, because like I avoided just finishing my first draft. Like this is going to be a hard thing if like once I get the agent call and they're like, well, how long have you been working on this? I'm like, well, fuck. I mean, I don't even Let's see. <laughs> Not that long. Not that long. <laughs> but like, I, I was so afraid of writing an, an ending that wasn't going to be good, mm. even though I knew that it wasn't going to be like, okay, I'm not sending it out for, to be published tomorrow. Yeah. But I think that's what held me back for so long is because I was being so hard on myself for not coming up with like this mind-blowing ending. Plot twist of the century. Yeah. yeah, which is ridiculous because it's like there's no need for that yeah. at all. Yeah, but I think we, we see it in other books and we're like, oh, I can do that. That's another thing I've been trying to remind myself of is like, okay, these books have gone through like probably yes. 10 to 15 revisions. Yes. So this was not their first draft. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard, but I think that's a great strategy is just getting it out because like one of my favorite writing pieces of writing advice, and I don't remember where I found it. I probably was just Googling writing, writing. quotes, um, just that you can edit a crappy, a shitty page, but you can't edit a blank page. Like you really just mm. need to like do it yeah. and get it out. Yeah. I, I had somebody say that to something along the lines of you just have to write it. Like yeah. you, you can have all the ideas in the world, but if you don't put them down, then they mean nothing. So I have kind of taken that to heart and I kind of just bang out um, like all the words in my head. And I force myself, even on the days I feel like I have writer's block and I'm like, what am I writing? I literally don't even know the words that are coming out of my fingertips right now. And I just keep going and I keep writing and I don't look back. I just feel like if I look back, I start seeing all this. And I'm like, oh, let me change this. Oh, let me change this really quick. And then I'm going back and back and back and back. And you never, you're never going to move forward, you know, if you keep looking yeah. back. Um, so I always tell people, you know, get that first draft on paper. It's going to suck. It's probably not going to make sense. And then for me, when I go back in, um, the first thing I do is um, dissect the plot. So I'm like, okay, I, and I use, and I just found this app. It's called Save the Cat and it breaks up the, um, your plot outline into like, there's an app. Oh my gosh. Nobody knows this. I didn't even know about Save what? the Cat until I found the app. And yeah, it lets you save okay, all of your ideas. 
It lets you save all of your ideas and 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 break them all into these beats. There's 15 beats, you know, for each story, whatever. Yeah. And um, and then it lets you save. This is amazing. Yeah, it is. It's been a lifesaver. I have like four stories in there right now that I'm like I've already plotted, and I'm a pantser. I'm a pantser through and through, and I have books plotted because of Save the Cat. So I've been telling everybody I know about it because it's been a lifesaver. I didn't know there was an app though. So I knew know about the book and I bought the book and I um started feeling really bad about even though I know reading the whole thing was gonna help me. I'm like, I can't sit here and read this. I need to write. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's the other thing is I feel like you can read as much as you want to about writing and plotting and but there's going to be so many different opinions and suggestions and so much like advice. At some point, you just have to, you have to sit down and decide to write. I was going to say, I think there's like a, at least I struggled with this for a very long time and I, I've gotten better at it now because I recognize it for what it is, like getting stuck on Pinterest yes. or getting stuck on mm-hmm. um, baby name websites and finding the per- perfect character name. And yeah. For, for years, I had a really bad habit of just spending hours doing things like that instead of actually writing. So I don't know why I never gave myself permission to do this before, but in another writing podcast, they're just like, just put TK in brackets. Like if it's a character name, yeah. don't get out of your document and just put it in there. It stands for to come, which is an unfortunate name, but whatever. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, just put that in there and then just keep going because, yes, you need a character name, yes. but you're going to get out of the flow. And if you get out of the flow, it's hard to it's get, hard back, to get back into it. Yeah. yeah, I do that a lot. A lot of my manuscript – oh, my gosh. I actually just told somebody about this the other day. Um, in my current manuscript for NaNoWriMo, I literally have large sections because it's it's based on, like, song magic. And so – I have song magic. Yes. So, and it's so cool. Yeah. I, it's really, it's really great. I mean, I think so. I'm a little biased, but I have these sections where I literally have parentheses and it's like, think of something clever, you dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and that's in my first draft. I just have like clever song here or funny joke <laughs> here or something really bad happens and it's really emotional here. So when I say my first draft is a garbage pile, I mean it's a garbage pile. But that wasn't always the case. When I wrote The Will of the People, my first draft was I I did the whole um, revising as I'm going. And that's why I felt like it was ready to query. Um, And I realized after having been querying for six months that agents really, really want a polished manuscript. They want it to be basically ready to go on sub. So with my next book that I wrote for NaNoWriMo, I I started off way lower word count. I think I ended up at like 50,000 words. Um, and I kind of just like got it all on paper because I knew I was going to go back in and really like fortify everything. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you that too. Are you generally an underwriter or an overwriter? I am an overwriter. I am absolutely an overwriter. So, um, the will of the people, I finished that draft at 93,000 words, my first draft. Um, and then I went back in and did revising my first round of revisions. I ended up at like 107,000 words. And, um, for YA fantasy, that is way too high. Um, 
most agents won't look at, they won't touch anything over a hundred thousand words with a 10 foot pole. And so I had to cut back and I, unless you're Brandon Sanderson, unless you're Brandon Sanderson, yes. Or Sarah J. Mass. Um, so I went back in and cut down to 98,000 and that was still too high. I had a couple agents tell me it was still too high and I finally went back in and cut it down. Now I'm at 89,000. So with this next manuscript that I wrote for NaNoWriMo, I was like 50,000 words and done. (laughs) And then I'm going to go back in and I'll probably bulk it up to about 75,000. But yeah, I I realized you don't need a long draft. You don't need 100,000 words to tell a good story. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that's that's funny because – when I was trying to force my book into the adult mm. age group, I'm like, yeah. fuck, this is not long enough. It needs to be longer. Like yeah. it has to be at least a hundred thousand. Yes. And now that I've gone down to YA, I'm like, I feel so much better because I felt mm-hmm. like I was struggling. Like, where am I going to put more stuff right now? Because yeah. I don't, I feel like it's solid the way it's at right now. I yeah. am actually an underwriter. This is so funny because I'm a plotter. Or I'm like a planter, like a planter, <laughs> and I am words. an underwriter. <laughs> yeah, I am an underwriter. And then what was the other thing that we're the opposite on? Oh, you don't you hate? Oh yes, revising. I and revising. I love revising. Yeah. <laughs> and you listen to audiobooks, and I do not. <laughs> yeah, that's oh so gosh. crazy. I yeah. love it though. I'm definitely a pantser. I, I've gotten better about it. And I'm definitely an overwriter, which I've also gotten better about. But again, after almost a year of querying, I've just learned a lot. Yeah. Just you telling me that helps me not be so anxious about it too, because I'm always worried about that word count. Yeah. The word count, I feel like is the biggest thing for a lot of people because um, it can be really intimidating like to think that you have to put 100,000 words on page. And it's it's a lot. Yeah. That's why it's like, I can't... That's why I hate pantsing. It stresses me out so much. Like I – in high school, I didn't know that I had anxiety. (laughs) And my friends would just want to go driving. Like I can't – no, I need to know where we're going. (laughs) I I don't want to just drive around. Yeah, for no reason. (laughs) And then what if we can't get back? Like that was before Google Maps and shit. Like no, I can't do that. (laughs) So So you need a a road map. Yeah, like just the the pantsing. It's like I could just go anywhere with this, and I don't like it. Stresses me out so much. I see it the opposite because I think that with pantsing, it leaves because a lot of the times I'll start with one story and it ends up being a completely different story um, by the end of it. So, and this is another thing. I feel like I don't know if you do this or how you how you draft, but, or start a story. When I start a story, I know exactly how my book is going to end. I know exactly how it begins and exactly how it ends. Like I can see them in my head. And it's funny because when I'm reading, I read the last page first. I want to know what's going to happen. You read the whole page? I do. (laughs) Because I, I read the yeah. last line, but I don't oh, read the whole page. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Mysterious. No, I read the whole page because <laughs> I hate, hate surprises. Um, so I like to know, I, I like to know who's going to be alive by the end of it. 
And then, and then I tell myself that it's about the journey, you know? So, (laughs) so when I'm writing, I literally, I write my, the first page last. No, sorry. The the last page first. Yes. I have for all of my books, I have written the last page first. Even like right now I'm writing, I started an adult cozy fantasy and I wrote the last page already and it made me cry. That's so awesome though. I love that. So that's what I mean when I say I'm a pantser because I I know exactly how my book is going to end, but the middle is just kind of like a jumble of ideas and it kind of like goes where it takes me. Yeah. I mean, we'll we'll talk about this in an episode down the road, I'm I'm sure. But yeah, I... What I think works best for me is having an outline just of like like the major beats and everything mm-hmm. that needs to happen. And then if it's almost always going to change along the way, yes. which I'm okay with. I just need like the general what is it? direction. No, it's like the facade, like not the facade, but like. Yeah, no, you're right. The illusion. I need the illusion of control, even yes. though it's not. Yeah, which is so funny. Do you know what Enneagram you are? I'm nine. Oh, you're a nine? Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> is that surprising? It is a little surprising. Um, what are you? I'm an eight. Can you tell? Okay. <laughs> the eight is the, the challenger. I'm Okay. Yeah. I, I see it. I get it. Yeah, I'm the control freak, which is funny because I kind of like BS it when I write. I don't, I'm not in control <laughs> when I'm writing. It's funny because I would guess that you would want, you would be a plotter. Yeah, Yeah. no. Yeah, no. I'm not. (laughs) Okay, so then when you get your first draft down, when you go in to revise, I feel like for me, I go in to revise and I look at the plot first. I don't really worry about like sentence structure or grammar. Um, I kind of just make sure that my plot points are hitting and that everything kind of like makes sense. I try to figure out my plot holes. Do you do you go in first and do plot or do you do grammar? Yeah, no, it's the it's the same for me because definitely like the grammar, honestly, even like now is when I'm starting to worry about word choice and I'm on like revision six, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um because it's gonna change so much. And like I'm someone too where I have to be careful with what I'm reading or listening to right before I write because then when I was listening to An Ember in the Ashes, she uses first person present tense, I think. Um, yes. Yeah. It works for her books. I found a few sentences in my <gasps> that were out of tense. In my writing that were yes, and I'm like, That's oh so my funny. gosh, what so I have a couple of books that I really like the writer's um writing style, so I make sure to listen to that or read it before I write, and then it gets me in the right mindset. Yeah. But um, yeah, word choice and grammar and everything, that definitely comes Once later. last, last. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I really like – so there's Save the Cat, and I haven't read all of it. I'm sure it's a really good tool to have. I've heard plenty of people like yeah. rave about it. One that I read, I read like 80% of it, but it's called Story Grid. And it has, it's like the same concept. And I listen to their podcast a lot. They have a podcast as well, talking about like the book structure and this, the host and the guy who wrote the book, his name is Sean Coyne. And he was an editor for 30 years, I think. He wanted to come up with a way to help people figure out what's wrong with their book after they've written it. 
it's pretty much just like story beats and genre. Oh, what's the word? Where it's like in a romance, they have to have a meet cute. If they don't oh, have a meet yeah. cute, conventions, genre conventions. That's what it is. Okay, which is really helpful. Yeah, I, I liked that book. It's an it's an undertaking. It's like a textbook. Yeah, I just feel like there's so there's so many resources out there for writing, and it's really easy to get kind of lost in that. It's hard. Sometimes it can be hard to decide you know, what story structure you want to do and what's popular right now too. taking that into consideration. Because I feel like, I think we've talked about this before, but I feel like books are gravitating more towards that instant gratification where the plot is faster. Um, the meet cute happens sooner. There's less yeah. character development um, in the beginning and kind of just like jumping right into the action. And my book is definitely more character driven, The Will of the People. So I had to, in revising, I really had to go in and cut back a lot of the stuff that I thought was good, but wasn't good for the market, unfortunately, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. And so with the second book that I'm writing that, or that I wrote for NaNoWriMo, I call The Will of the People the book of my heart. And the second book that doesn't have a title yet is, I've been calling it The Book for the People. <laughs> Because it, it it's gonna be, I feel like it's gonna be great. Like it's gonna it's gonna hit all those things that are really popular right now with the tropes and like the faster plots and stuff. So going in for revising, I've had to keep that in mind and kind of just you know hitting those plot points. I think is like the, the pacing has been so difficult for me at least. Yeah, I mean, I just cut like two chapters. Oh no! And, and it was really hard. It, it was really so hard. hard. I like had representation for a group of people in there and I was really excited about it. It was a low key thing and it was mysterious mm. and I was, it kind of introduced the magic a little bit more too. Mm. And I was really excited about it, but my beta readers were like, doesn't really make sense that she's here. Yeah. <laughs> like, is it necessary? Yeah, it wasn't. And it was exposition in disguise as like, oh, this is interesting. Like, no, yeah. it was really Pretty much just exposition because my character had just gotten whipped oh, no. and then she goes to like this illegal bookstore type thing to get papers so she can go to the Capitol. Uh, I think it was Angela Montoya. She's like, but would she really be the one going to do that? <laughs> no, You're she right. really wouldn't. <laughs> like, we damn love, it. <laughs> we got to love beta readers. <laughs> it does help a lot and it's helped with the pacing a lot. It just, it hurts. It Pacing's does. It's a hard thing to figure out. It's so hard. And that's the um, the number one comment that I've gotten from agents that I, and which has been, you know, really great for a confidence boost. They've said they love my writing. They love my storytelling. They love my voice, but the pacing is off. And so it was really hard to, and that's when, you know, I feel like Save the Cat came in and kind of helped because I was able to take my, I printed out my entire manuscript and I laid it on the floor. I looked like a psychopath, but I laid it on the floor and I put it in these 15 beats and I like marked the pages where they should have been and where everything needed to get cut down to like fit into these like beats. And, um, that probably could have been taken care of if I wasn't a pantser um, during the first and second and third round of revisions. But, you know, at this point I'm at like the fifth or the sixth. And so I just like, with that in mind, knowing that my pacing is my problem, I've been able to do that during revisions for this second novel and focus on that. <laughs> I mean, even as like a planter, <laughs> I don't know why I said that with like an 
With the southern X. I'm a planter. <laughs> it's the only way to say it, probably. A planter. <laughs> oh, man. I still think you're going to run into it at some point. That's Story Grid is great. I'm sure Save the Cat does pretty – they the sound pretty similar. Yeah. Yeah, and the nice thing about both of them – is that they have YouTube videos explaining them. So you don't have to buy this massive textbook. You can just go and watch him explain stuff. That sounds better. Yeah, definitely. And then same thing for Save the Cat. There's also this other thing that I just came across the other day. It's called World Anvil. And people use it for like Dungeons and Dragons for... um, All right, you're like teaching me so much right now. Hold on. (laughs) Is it an app? (laughs) It's a... I don't know if it's an app. It's possible, but it's a website. So people okay. use it for Dungeons and Dragons, mostly for like RPGs for world building. And it's like this whole, you like input all of this information and it gives you all these prompts. Like it asks you questions about your world building, your magic system, your characters, your plot. You know, like, what does your character want? Where are they going? Why do they want this? There's so much. And I've only like scraped the top of it. Oh my gosh, it sounds so amazing. (laughs) And then somebody on TikTok made the suggestion to pretend like your character, use your character from your book as a character in like an RPG, like create your world and then like go play Dungeons and Dragons as your character. And I was mind blown because I could, if you could like create your, your, your world from your novel in Dungeons and Dragons and like play out your whole plot that is so fucking cool i know (laughs) i know i would have never thought of it but the power of tiktok i swear but also just listening to other like writing podcasts when i get stuck or like i'm trying to figure out like well where the heck am i supposed to take this if i listen to a podcast um specifically writing excuses i'm sorry writing excuses is a fucking fantastic podcast they've been doing it for That's the one that's shorter, right? Yeah, they generally keep it under 15 minutes, and sometimes they go to 20, but if they get close to 20, they're like, okay, we got to (laughs) stop. And we're done. Yeah. But I think they're on season 18 or something like that. Then you can just scroll through their things and get the help that you need on specific episodes, and then they're short. So that was our episode on revisions, but we're going to continue the conversation with it in our next episode, and we'll be joined by a special guest. Taylor Robinson, who knows even more about revisions than we do. And I know she's going to have some awesome advice and things to say. So I'm excited.